What's up, Bridgerner Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Ridge Runners Live. Tonight, episode number 79, with special guests Andrew Wall and Mo Weinkoff. These two Ridge Runner Nation members started off their year running the Night Owl Marathon and Half Marathon, both having incredible performances. In addition, we got to hear about how they found trail running and what they have planned for this year. These two are absolutely beloved across Ridge Runner Nation, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. Yo, what is Crackalackin' Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Ridge Runners Live, the very first one of 2022. And we're joined by some incredible guests who ran the Night Owl Trail Marathon a couple weeks ago. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, coming to us all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio, Andrew Waugh and Mo Weinkoff. How are you guys? Doing good. Great. We're so excited to have both of you on the show tonight. Uh, you guys have had some awesome uh, performances and you guys have an incredible community that you're a part of down there in Cincinnati. And we're so excited to dive into all of that here shortly. But let's start things off with how we normally start things off. And what is everyone drinking tonight? And Andrew, if you want to start things off. Uh, sure. I have a, a spindrift uh, with lime sparkling water. Mm. Love it. Love it. That's a first two. Oh, really? Good stuff. <laughs> it's not just lime flavor. It has actual lime juice in it. Sweet. Yeah. Mo, what about you? I am your bold flavor Canada dry, <laughs> a.k.a. old lady beverage. It's a bold choice. <laughs> it's a bold choice. <laughs> you could never go wrong with that. <laughs> John, what about you? Um, so I'm up here in Wisconsin and unfortunately didn't get a Wisconsin beer, but I found a beer because, you know, I shopped around like, like what, uh, Cam does, you know, and I think you too, Wesley, you know, by the label, you know, the picture and everything. For sure. So I got this beer here. Let's see if I can get that to come into focus. It's called oh. Big Hugs and it's from, uh, Chica it's a half acre. It's like bird in Chicago and it's an Imperial coffee stout. So I'm excited for that. It's a little, uh, high in the percentage and I'm excited to get uh, onto that. Wesley, what do you got over there? I've got, you know, to celebrate the occasion, John, you're going to like this one, the Grand Tetons Brewing Company. Uh, it's a juicy IPA. And so, you know, we were, John was up in the Tetons back in September and I uh, thought it'd be kind of good to bring this one out. So, uh, but yeah, let's dive into it, guys. Uh, for those of you that don't know, you know, you can find the show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're uh, on Strava, join our Strava club as well. You know, I believe these two members are both a part of the club and so you can uh, be a part of uh, what we have going on there. But let's just start off, you know, before we talk about the Night Owl race specifically, I want to get to know a little bit more about you guys' running background. So let's just start off by telling us about the first time that you decided to lace up a pair of running shoes. And Mo, if you want to start this one off. Mm, um, I think I was 16. And I just started running at parks and, um, and then I got into marathoning shortly thereafter and, um, <clears throat> uh, ran for a long time, just running marathons, never trails. I think it was, uh, 2019 that I started running trails and met Andrew. Awesome. Andrew. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I had running shoes at the time, but I did my first uh, 5K uh, with my dad when I was like nine or 10 years old. 
Uh, and it was, a, it was in Portsmouth, Ohio. It was the Shawnee State uh, Bear Run 5K. Sometime in the 90s. I don't know what year it would have been. Um, that, but that's the first time I remember running, and I hated it. <laughs> I, was, I was miserable the whole time. I was, like, whining and complaining to my dad, who I was running it with, uh, like, when is this going to be over? I'm so miserable. <laughs> but I, I don't know if I actually had running shoes on at the time or if they were just regular tennis shoes. I don't know. Um, I love go ahead. Go for it. Oh, I was going to say, uh, but then uh, I, I, like, put on actual running shoes uh, for the first time when I was, like, uh, in high school at some point, and I just started running a few miles at a time around town. Um, so, uh, I ran my first, uh, half marathon when I was 25. Um, a coworker was running a half marathon and they convinced me to sign up kind of, uh, spontaneously a couple days before. And, um, so I did that and then did a marathon the next year and, and, uh, yeah, kind of, that's how I got started number of people yeah. who have done races where they've like, oh, I signed up before a half or full like days or weeks before, like not like months to train. <laughs> Just like, yeah, a couple of days, I'll give it a shot. How did that go for you that day? Was it a suffer fest or did you, uh, did you make it through? It was hard. It was the, it was the longest run I'd ever done by, I think like five miles. I think I'd done like eight before in training. So I got to like mile nine or 10 and it felt like, you know, everything was burning and uh it was hard to breathe and i don't know it was a uh, it was kind of, i thought it was kind of a cool challenge yeah I, my favorite part was just the fact that everybody was like in the same boat like i would look left and right and like everyone else was kind of feeling the same way and it's like come on you know let's go let's keep pushing through so yeah, no, that's awesome. And I kind of think it's interesting that both of you guys' stories, both have you guys starting off on the roads. You know, I'm also uh, the same way starting off with the road running before transitioning over to the trail running side of things. And this was a trail race that you guys ran. Talk about how you transitioned to the trails and what that was like for you and why you made that move. And Mo, if you want to start off first. Um, I was actually going as a wingman for a young lady that was meeting up with a single guy. <laughs> and um, I uh, met up with this group of people and I, I just had the time of my life. I thought it was so fun and very freeing and uh, people were running much slower and just kind of felt like we were able to enjoy each other a bit more. And um, that's kind of how I, I started. What, I mean, so the, the community obviously hooked you into to it, but uh, what was the time, like, what made you sign up for a trail race after being a part of the group, Ron? Oh, um, it was, uh, well, I think it was Night Owl in uh, 2019 and I was training for, oh, I uh, got into the lottery at the Tahoe Rim uh, 50K. And so I was doing some training and then they were like, why don't you run at this, you know, night race that's a half uh, marathon. And so then I um, started running at night and that was the first night owl in uh, 2020, winter one. The first night owl, period. Period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's kind of cool that your trail running journey kind of started at this race and you were able to return uh, back to that this year. So, and I, it's going to be kind of fun, really fun to learn about that. Andrew, what about you? How did you make that transition to the trail scene? Uh, so after I had run marathons for a few years, uh, like one or two marathons a year, uh, I got into a buddy. It's always, uh, I've got these terrible influences, all these buddies in my life who convinced me to do dumb stuff. But uh, I had a buddy. Thank you, convinced- Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> what happens right here? Uh, I had a buddy who convinced me to do a triathlon. Uh, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, and so I did triathlons for a couple of years. And um, uh, I had heard about, um, I, I think I saw on Facebook, someone shared um, the Shawnee 50, the first Shawnee 50. Someone shared the event on Facebook. I don't know how I saw it. But uh, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And uh, I, I, like, I clicked the interested button because I wasn't ready to commit. But I was like, when this comes around, I think I saw it you know, months in advance. I was like, when this comes around, maybe that's something I'll think about. And uh, um, about, a month, about a month before the race, I saw that it was coming up still. And I was like, you know, I'm in, I'm in, I've been doing all this training for running for triathlon. And you know, like, I think I'm in pretty good shape. I want to see, you know, I'll, I'll give it a try to see how it goes. So I did my first trail run. I went to one of the local running stores at Fleet Feet, bought some trail shoes. And the, one of the ladies who helped me get the shoes said, oh, why don't you go over to French Park down the road? Like, that's where I like to trail run. So I went there. I did my first trail run there. And uh, I ran there for uh, about three weeks leading up to the Shawnee 50 and I fell a bunch. Uh, the focus for me, the transition from road to trail, the focus is so different. I just wasn't paying enough attention to my footing. So I would just like wipe out a bunch, but, um, yeah. So then I, uh, showed up for the Shawnee 50 and, uh, man, that was, that was a wild experience. My whole world, my whole, uh, athletic world changed. Yeah. Going on in that race, especially on that backside over the dark side, as as it's called. But um, we've got some active people in the chat tonight. Paul is just going nuts in the chat. Paul DeFord is oh making plenty of comments. Watch out for this guy. Uh, triathlon. We can't the... see those. Oh, you can pull it up on the side if you wanted. To. Oh, I can. On YouTube. Oh, try to look at it that way. Just make okay. Sure it, like muted. Is it but... distracting? It can be. But uh, so Paul says triathlon is the gateway drug. Uh, and uh, Wesley, yeah. can you please discuss the negative impact that cycling has on running? Uh, Andrew doesn't believe him. So <laughs> we're going to get real technical here in the next few minutes. And we're going to talk about why cycling is apparently bad for you. <laughs> I have no I, idea. I mean, yeah, Paul knows me really well. Cycling sucks. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> I have nothing against cross training or cycling. I think it's great. But Andrew, I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts and, and why this is uh, not a big deal for you and Paul. Right. Well, so Paul used to do triathlon and Paul did a big triathlon. And since that triathlon, Paul has not been on his bicycle one time. And I think the number of years that have passed since that event, I don't think I can count on one hand. So... Somebody claims he doesn't have a bike pump, but uh, I, I'm not buying that excuse. I'll just send him one. Just you know, get that excuse out of there. 
He says he's one of the best soccer players in Cincinnati, so he definitely has a ball pump for his soccer ball. I'm sure it works on a bike. Oh. Kind of a kind of a rough take from Paul there, but uh, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. But uh, I'm, let's let's dive into the night owl, guys. I'm, this is going to be fun to kind of learn about, and um, you know, this is an awesome race, and I believe there's two editions of it now. You know, there's the winter edition that happens at the winter, and then the summer edition as well. Um, Talk about why you guys decided to sign up for this year's race. And Mo, if you want to kick things off again. Um, I was really just kind of on the fence about it. I was just returning home from vacation and I, I wasn't sure if I was w- wanting to commit, but I did. And I was really late to the party and I was on the wait list and I didn't uh, know until New Year's day that I was coming home to run it. So um, I, I, love running at night and it's fun with other people and um so it's just a good opportunity to run at night with friends how was this year kind of different from from the first year you did it and kind of what were those emotions like going back to the the starting line i mean obviously you mentioned that you know it was kind of your first trail race and kind of being with friends this year was kind of one of the big big motivations but uh what was the what was your like when the gun went off kind of to walk us through what that moment was like Oh, well, I was, I was happy. I got to see the marathoners off first. So in the uh, year prior, we all started at the same time. So it was, and then it was an, um, the first one, it was out and back. So as the marathoners were passing you, you were able to see them. And that was a lot of fun. And the, the conditions were really icy and horrible so we were like slipping and sliding into each other and it was, but it was a whole lot of fun this time um when the gun went off i had paul in front of me uh joe bodner um um the other half marathoners they were all in front of me i just said i'm just gonna keep running till i catch them and i never did but because they're a little bit faster than me but um it was just uh, nice running around trying to chase them. I mean, you did catch them at the finish line, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Yes, over a slice of pizza and some nice. cupcakes. Thanks, Max. Still caught them. <laughs> he's in the chat. Thanks, yeah, he's Max. A, the pizza he said uh, positive, hashtag positive peer pressure um, in terms of you guys' is, you know, being terrible friends and making each other sign up for stuff. Um, yeah. It's true. But uh, Andrew, how was the start of yours? Um, well, the, yeah, the race started and, uh, man, so I, I also ran the night owl in 2020, um, the first one and gosh, the weather was so different. Um, it was sleeting for most of that race, like sleeting sideways. It was coming down hard and it was cold and the course was just a swamp. It was a mud pit filled with slushy, icy mud. Um, it, I mean, it was really brutal in my experience. Uh, and this year couldn't have been any different. The course was perfect. It was really cold the week leading up to the race. So the ground was hard. We got some rain. We got a lot of rain the weekend before, but it was all frozen. And so for the majority of the run, the terrain was just, you could get really good footing, um, like I said, the ground was hard, but it wasn't like super icy. It was just solid. Um, and, uh, so, uh, the first loop for me was in, I was able to do that in daylight. 
Um, so I felt like I got a good, good groove going with that. And then during the second loop, it, it had gotten dark by that point. So I had to flip the headlamp on running in the dark now. Um, and this race has uh, a full marathon, a half marathon and a 10 K and they start at different times. So I think the half marathon starts an hour after the marathon and the 10 K is after that. So by the time I was into the second loop, um, I was getting to, to run with people or see people, um, from the Cincy running community, they were doing the different distances, the half marathon and the 10 K. I saw Mark Oligy, uh, who was out there on the course doing, uh, I think he was doing the 10 K. Um, I never, I wasn't able to catch up to any of the, any of the half marathoners like Paul and Mo or anybody, but, uh, I was, so. I was thinking you were almost there. I was trying. <laughs> yeah. but, I, ch- I went to go change. I said, Betty, what was his time? And uh, coming, you know, coming through the first time. And I said, okay, I have time to change. And I went to my car to change. And they, I hear them announce, like announcing him coming through the finish. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But I had an hour head start. Um, but during, during the second loop at night, it started to rain. Um, so I was, I was trying to, um, I don't know, I was, I was starting to think, like, is this going to turn into a situation like it was a couple years ago where it's a muddy swamp? But it, was, it wasn't able to come down hard enough or long enough to really turn the course um, too swampy. Um, so, yeah, I was, uh, man, I was grateful for that weather. Uh, that just made the run really enjoyable. Um, and uh, I think that's... Um, the different course times it's like every time that, that they have a running of it and this is true of any trail race that the conditions you get it's hard to compare year different years of the same race because if the weather is different you know mm-hmm. the ground is softer or harder or, um you know it's just it's a totally different running that's what that's what's one of the things that's so cool about this race they have the winter running and the summer running. The summer is totally different too. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they had the summer running back in, I think it was June or one of the summer months, and uh, Chad Coombs won the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was 90 degrees that afternoon. Uh, and Chad fully embraced that in his uh, Hawaii 5.0, like button-up shirt and shorts he was wearing, which was pretty hilarious. Um, but, yeah, um, yeah. And even like, if it was just a week later, like, you know, I think how much snow did you guys get over the past weekend, but just a week difference on that race when mm-hmm. it was scheduled, it would have been like, you know, six or 12 inches of snow on the ground. Maybe, I don't know how far exactly. it was, but we had like 20 up here in Kent. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So all that stuff changes, you know, all the dynamics get thrown up in the air when, when something like that happens. And, yeah. um, so, so it's, it's a good challenge. Keeps things interesting. Yeah. And like, like I like to you're saying, like, you know, about like trying to compare races to previous years, it's, it, it's always fun to, to try to do that. And Wes is getting better at it apparently, um, with his prediction videos over there. But, um, yeah. uh, but like, it's just like interesting because like it's, there's so many different variables that go into these longer races. That it's, it's not a controlled environment and mm-hmm. it can be, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes, hours, even on the longer races difference. So, um, looking at this race, did either of you have any like really like low points at all? Or was it all just a really good, like happy, you know, go lucky kind of race and just having fun? I over, I overshot a bridge. I was running across the bridge with a lot of speed and 
uh, for me, let's just say speed for me. Um, and I, I guess you were supposed to pop off the bridge down into the trail and I completely just missed it and kept running for probably another, I don't know, half mile. And then I realized I, I'm not going back into trail. And so I turned around and went back and then found my way back into the trail. So those kinds of things just kind of set you back a little bit. You've got to kind of get back on track and kind of reset, I guess, is what I had to do. Yeah, Andrew, what about you? Um, the So the tr the, did I have any setbacks during the run? Um, I am notoriously terrible with uh, any kind of sense of direction. And uh, Nettie, um, the race director, or one of the race directors, marked the course the week before the race uh, on Strava. So I saved the route uh, for course marking as a route on Strava and had it loaded on my watch um, just as like a backup. Because I'm really good at missing turns, especially from like uh, pushing or later in a race when I'm more tired. I'm, I'm really easy. At, I'm really good at... Uh, making a wrong turn. So luckily I, I didn't make any major course mistakes, uh, that I know of. Um, cause I had the route loaded on my watch. There was one like turn where it's like a dead end and you're just up against a fence and uh, like 10 feet before you had to like go up this staircase. And I missed on the second loop in the dark and missed that. So I'm like, Oh, I come to a complete stop. I'm like, Oh, there's nowhere for me to go <laughs> back up, up the stairs. Um, so there was that. I mean, anytime you know, I run a marathon, it's uh, it's a range of, uh, of emotions running. I, I think um, you experience high moments, low moments. I think what's in, important for me uh, is to just expect that. Um, expect to have moments where you're feeling better and moments where you're feeling worse. Um, and know and understand that it's okay when it doesn't feel good. And um, those are the moments that you keep pushing through because they don't last forever. Um, so, uh, when you have a low, you, you know, keep going and, uh, kind of keep your, um, your race energy going. I had a couple like mantras I was kind of like saying in my head a little bit, like, um, like life is hard. Okay. That's okay. It's okay that life is hard. Um, you can still, you can still deal with that. Um, keep pushing, keep doing your best. Um, that's all any of us can do. Mm -hmm. So I would kind of like in, in a moment where I wasn't feeling good, I would kind of try to like think of that. And then, uh, it's always, uh, super, super duper empowering to me to run around, uh, other people like in my community, people that I know. So every time I would see a familiar face on the course or somebody I knew, um, you know, that would kind of give me a boost to my spirits. Um, uh, so that, that was able to, um, those, those things all together helped me get to the finish line, but about uh, a mile before the finish line, I, uh, I wiped out. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I usually do that in trail races towards the end. That seems to be a tradition of mine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but it was, it was raining at that point. It was in the dark and I was kind of, you know, 25 miles into the run. And, um, so I just, you know, let my right foot, uh, you know, got 
didn't lift it up high enough. I, I went over a route and uh, kind of fell down, but it was a real quick, you know, nothing major, just down and back up and keep going. Just a quick push up, right? Just yeah, it's, it's a cross training. Yeah, plyometrics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, to touch on what you were just talking about with like you know those low points and kind of pushing through, I think there was a good question in the chat here from it looks uh, username like Kazer. I think they said that they, their name was Wheezy earlier. Um, it says, what is uh, most gratifying to you folks about these long runs? So you know you're pushing through all these challenging things, but like kind of why and why is why are these like long runs gratifying to you? Um, and Mo, if you want to go first. Hey, fam. Um, that's my family. <laughs> um, I think just any time I, well, first, you know, I do, I don't ever go at these things alone. I'm usually with peers and friends. Um, I, I haven't done anything alone yet to date, really. Um, and so just knowing that they're there doing the same thing I'm doing, I think I'm most gratified um, watching others push forward in hard times or um, accomplish things that they set out to do probably many, many, many months ago. Um, you know, I'm sorry. Um, you know, these some, some of these longer endurance things, you know, take sometimes six months to a year. And uh, I find it most gratifying watching friends, you know, accomplish their goals and succeeding. And I've, I probably feel the same about myself. Awesome. A Andrew, are you similar in those in that mindset? Or? Yeah, yeah, I agree with everything Mo said. Um, um, I, I kind of see uh, these uh, you know, anything you do that, that's, that's hard, but running in particular here, it's kind of like a microcosm of life. Um, you're going to have moments where it feels easy. You're going to have moments where it gets real hard. And, uh, um, uh, there's some, there's something about, um, like feeling like, um, or kind of like knowing that you're not alone in that. Um, it's true in life. It's, it's also like, uh, like obviously true in running. You can look, you know, left, right in front of you, behind you. There are other runners doing the exact same thing as you and they're experiencing all the same things you're experiencing. They're having highs, they're having lows. Um, and, uh, there's people coming together to, uh, like support each other through those things. Um, there's something really special about that. Uh, and that's, it's a large part of, um, why it was so easy for me to fall in love kind of with the trail running community uh, is that there's so much of that, um, that kind of like community aspect to it. Like uh, these people you're out running with, like, yeah, okay, you're competing. That's fine. That's, but it's almost like the excuse to get people out there and get them together. And really you're, you're just helping everyone. Everyone is helping everyone do the best that they can out there. Um, and I think that's really special. 
I absolutely love both of those answers and kind of going off of that, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, uh, special races and performances take special environments. And I think what uh, Nettie and Jennifer have done with Empower Ultras has been absolutely incredible across all of their races so far. Talk about what the environment was like for someone maybe who has never been to uh, the Night Owl Trail and Marathon or one of Empower Ultras events. And Mo, if you want to start this one off. Um. Well, they, they have the best food spread you can even imagine. Um, I'm not kidding. There was so much food um, in this nice warm tent and uh, where everyone, you know, was um, gathering before and after. And, um, And and then I uh, volunteered, and I think this is coming down the line, but um, at the uh, Vernal Equinox last year, and that's a um, a timed race. And I, again, the people that are volunteering there and um, uh, preparing the food and supporting the other people, um, they just they have the it's just the best feeling, and um, I don't know. Andrew? <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, it's, I mean, the, the, the different communities that come together to make a race happen, right? Uh, it's, you can't, it's not just a race company or an RD and um, a couple RDs and a couple volunteers that do it. It's, uh, it's uh, the whole like trail running um, community has to come together to make, to bring these things to life. I mean, we see that at Shawnee with all the different aid stations um, the groups they put those on, but it, it's definitely here, uh, true here with um, with Empower Ultras and their races. There was a, a an aid station at Night Owl that was run by the Trail Sisters groups oh, out of Dayton mm-hmm. um, that Mo I know runs with sometimes, and I think Nettie is one of the, the leads of that. Um, she is that club. She's got a uh, good group of leads. There are Trail Sister groups all all over the chapters. I think there's a chapter in Athens. Dayton slash Cincinnati. Um, yeah, there was an aid station that was captained by David Korfman. Uh, 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 anyone who's in the Ohio or Cincinnati ultra running community, community knows him. He's the race director of the Stone Steps 50K. Uh, it's that Cincinnati is really one of our biggest uh, hometown local ultras. Uh, that happens at Mount Airy Forest every October. Uh, this year's going to be the 20th um, 20th running of that the 20th anniversary of stone steps 50k uh, and they also have a 27k uh, so that's a really cool race so that he and his, uh, a couple of his uh, friends were manning one of the other volunteer aid stations and then at the other one uh, i think at the third aid station that's on the course it was uh our, our friend and community member angelia was there um who's a member of the uh the studs facebook group um and that's, that's not a, if you don't, if no one on here or if someone here doesn't know what that is, it's not like a cocky statement. That's an acronym for uh, slowly training for ultra distances. It's a, it's a Facebook group for Cincinnati and Dayton area runners. It's, it's a, it's a really, really awesome community of people. I know Facebook groups can be a mixed bag, but it's, there's some really, really uh, giving, caring, supportive people um, in that Facebook group for uh, trail runners in the Cincinnati and Dayton area. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, you add, add all that together, you've got uh, people giving their time to mark the course, people giving their time to provide you food and resources to help you do your race and help get you to the finish line. Um, everyone is on your side. Like everyone who's there wants you to succeed and wants you to, ha- you know, have a good time and, um, and achieve your goal, whatever that is. The goals that people show up with look different for everybody. Um, and that's great. Um, there's a lot of diversity uh, in the trail running community. I think it's, uh, I, that's one, I know that's one of the goals of uh, Trail Sisters um, um, with in- increasing, uh, you know, getting more women into trail running mm-hmm. uh, with some of the things that they do to promote that. Um, do you know what some of those are, Mo? Like uh, equal space at the start line, for women and men. Um, yeah. A few other I think, things. Um, I mean, Nettie would probably be more um, skilled to talk about this, but yeah, I mean, women are uh, race directors all around are trying to even the playing field for women to gain entrance and start, uh, you know, to promote people to, uh get women to to the start line you know basically to give them the opportunity to be brave enough i mean you have to be brave enough to to get there and but yeah evening that out yeah this has been around ohio has been great like i know there's been a lot of trail sister approved races and that number has been growing a lot with the like you said the equal uh, positioning at the starting line equal pay for for prizes as well as like feminine products and stuff like that around in the bathrooms Mm-hmm. Um, just making it more comfortable for everyone who's trying to run. Mm-hmm. So it's been yeah, great I think, to see. I think Samuel Hartman said it best on on his show uh, with Tinar Racing Group. He said, you know, if your race isn't Trail Sisters approved at this point, um, you know, you're doing it completely wrong. And, uh, you know, I think I totally echo those, those sentiments as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, John, what do you have next? I was going to say, you guys have been talking, you know, the common theme, I think, of today's episode has been uh, – watching other people grow and helping other people grow and, and community. Um, and I know, uh, Andrew, you're sitting over there with a nice little shirt on. Um, and yeah, I don't know River if you want to the River City stuff. I don't know if you want to talk about like some of the, um, your running group in the morning that you guys do and all your like your Hilia Fridays and all your other stuff and how, how big that has been as part of your community. Sure. Um, yeah, I, uh, a group that I, one of the groups that I run with in Cincinnati is uh, called the Roebling Runners. Uh, it was started by uh, a couple guys who um, uh, were, I think they were in college together and they graduated from college and start, started to settle down and, and uh, have uh, family lives and professional lives. And they weren't um, getting uh, as much time to see kind of their friends um, as they had when they were still in college. So one of the ways that they found that they were able to bond uh, was through running together. And they, um, one of the guys, um, Andrew Weinbrenner, uh, um, has over the, the past three, three and a half years, uh, the group just celebrated its third, uh, third birthday with a big group run. And I think it was in July. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, uh, decided to build this community um, of, of uh, runners and it's uh, just a really low key run group in Cincinnati. 
Um, there's no, no membership or anything. And uh, uh, it's all just kind of um, people get, there are some organized runs. Uh, the most, the most popular one is the Tuesday morning run. So we, we did it this morning. Uh, we meet in uh, Newport, Kentucky, uh, at, uh, just across the river uh, from C downtown Cincinnati. And we do a run uh, called the Bellow Boomerang. It's usually out of a coffee shop called Carabello in Newport. Uh, and then we run across the Roebling Bridge uh, north into Cincinnati. And we run around the Reds Ballpark and then come back south over a different bridge back into Newport. And then uh, it's about three miles, three and a half miles. And uh, we hang out and drink coffee for a few minutes in the morning or eat a donut or a bagel or a muffin or something. And I was going to say today was donut day. I didn't get an invite. I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you better be on the next fly out here next Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just, um, it's just like a great group to have like community fellowship with, with other runners. Um, there are people in the group of all different, experience levels, abilities, um, styles of running. And that's not the only uh, run the group does. The group does uh, other runs too. Uh, one, one, of the, um, one of them is a special event that they do each year to uh, commemorate the start of the Reds uh, baseball season, our, uh, our baseball team in Cincinnati. And uh, it's called the River City Hustle. I'm wearing the shirt. Um, it, uh, it consists of, it's totally crazy race. So one of the things I love about the rolling runners is they do these really just off the wall, goofy, creative, um, running things sometimes. And this is, this is one of their traditions. So it's laps around great American ballpark, which are roughly a kilometer. It's a little longer than a kilometer. Um, and they do it like a baseball game. They're nine innings. So it's nine laps around the ballpark. Uh, and each, uh, each running, um, it, it starts and then it ends and there's a break in between the inning. So everyone kind of like starts over again, each inning. Um, and sometimes you're going clockwise around the stadium. Sometimes you're going counterclockwise. Uh, the route's not set in stone. There are different ways to go around the ballpark. You can take some staircases, which make the, the um, the lap a little shorter, but you, you throw in some elevation, a little extra elevation gain. Or you can go around the backside and it's more flat and you're on, you know, down ramps and up ramps, but it's a little longer overall. So there's, there's some strategy involved too. Um, this is just an you know, example of uh, one of the events that the club puts on. Um, that is, they are one of the most creative groups of people I have yeah. ever seen. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's uh, it's really cool. Some of the creative stuff they come up with for for one of the guy's thirtieth uh, birthday, he decided to run thirty miles on the Roebling Bridge, just back and forth. It's about a half a mile across, and then a half mile back. So if you go down and back, it's about a mile. He did that thirty times. Uh, Paul was there. Paul ran all thirty with him. Um, I didn't know that. And, uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a whole event. They, they started at first thing in the morning, I think maybe five or 6am and ran until it was done. But there were people who, who came for an hour here or an hour there and jumped in and some people did one lap. Some people did, you know, a half marathon. And yeah. I remember it was, uh, Rachel, it was her first half marathon, um, at, at that event. Um, so 
we're really we're really lucky and that's just one, this is an example of one club one out of many we're extremely fortunate blessed uh in cincinnati to have uh just an abundance of really cool running communities that are available to us uh as runners any style of running you like any distance um like you can find a club that's a fit for you. Um, so you can share your running experience with other people if you want to. Um, the fleet feet training programs for our hometown marathon race, the flying pig are really awesome. Uh, they're in uh, Oakley and blue ash, uh, at the fleet feet stores. Um, there's, if you're more of like a serious runner and you like, you really, you know, you're a fast person and you really want to eke out every inch you can, uh, push yourself to those limits. We've got training programs from beyond exercise in Oakley. It's, it's pretty serious. Um, and then we've got a club of guys in Cincinnati called Cincinnati elite where to join the club. I think you have to run a marathon uh, under a pretty serious speed. I think it might be under three hours uh, to, to be able to run with those guys, but they're um, it's the same thing at all of these clubs. Uh, it's like different details, but it's the same result. It's people, um, coming together and supporting each other and pushing each other to achieve their goals, whatever those goals look like. They don't look the same for everybody. They don't look the same for every group. Um, but you, you bring people together in that way, and there's some really cool stuff that comes out of it. That's awesome to hear. And, you know, the Ridge Runners personally want to thank you uh, for being so hospitable towards our intern, Nicholas Foss. Uh, he's been yeah. doing a lot of those runs recently down there. Uh, so, you know, from us to you guys, you know, we just want to say thank you for, you know, not, not throwing them to the curb. And it sounds like you guys are always taking on uh, new runners. So, uh, you know, we love to see that. Yeah, Nick's been at, I think he's at 50% of the rolling runs now. So I, he lives in Cincinnati now. <laughs> That's yeah. It's awesome. He was there this morning. He and uh, Claire and Leah. What's that? You guys got some donuts today. He also oh yeah, those, right. Yeah, well, that was for the SEOTR uh, virtual winter challenge donut challenge for the day. Yeah. So, um, so the chat has lit up like crazy since uh, we started talking about the groups here and the, and whatnot from Cincinnati. Um, so I want to try to run into some of these real quick, obviously. So there's a, let's see if we go back all the way up. Paul wants to know, Wes, uh, are you and I going to come to Hillyard Friday one day? It's been on my agenda for so long now, and I'm so disappointed that all my trips back to Ohio this past year, I couldn't get to Cincinnati on a Friday. And I even flew into the Cincinnati airport and out of that airport a bunch. So I got to make it a priority. I add it to my 2022 goals. I'll see you at a Hillyard Friday, Paul. <laughs> Well, we'll be referencing this later in the year if he still hasn't made it up. Fridays at six. Fridays at six. We'll get a GoFundMe going for Wesley to get out here and yeah. <laughs> get around Hillia Friday. Um, we have Ian uh, Steigerwald. Steigerwald. Hopefully, I didn't say that too bad. In the chat, says I just started trail running and ran two 10K races at the Rocks and Roots series, which is a great series too here in Columbus. Sweet. Over in Columbus, that's awesome. Um, Aaron Wagner says, hi, Andrew, Mo, and Paul, and Max. I'm glad I have gotten ever connected with all you all. Really enjoyed running my first night owl. Um, so many great great runners in the Cincinnati area. 
We've got Maggie saying she's looking for an apartment in Cincy next week, though she sees how early you guys get up to run. So that's, you know, concerning. It's worth um, it. Yeah, you heard it. It's worth it. Um, and then we've got everyone asking if Paul's a good guy. Uh, and so far, everyone has said, yes, Paul is a good guy. Uh, even Paul said he's he's OK. Um, just like this chat's just going nuts over here. Um, we did have a good question, though, here that came up earlier and said uh, to both of you, what is your advice for a newbie or someone who is inspired to start um, running or trail running? Um, and if Mo, do you want to go first on this one? I've made so many mistakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm the crash and burn. Um, no, I, um, when I was married, when I used to run marathons, um, like I never, uh, was able to like, cause it, it always to me felt like I was going out for like speed and out for hungry, um, power run. And with trail running, it's like, take it easy in the beginning and enjoy it. Um, you know, a lot of people walk the inclines and run the flats, um, to get their, um, you know, elevation up. Um, a lot of people start with, um, like heart rate training where you're kind of doing longer runs in a zone one or zone two, um, uh, to get some of those, that endurance, uh, built up, um, <clears throat> can always, uh, go to hill. Yeah. Friday. And get some elevation with the guys. They won't leave you behind. And girls. And, and girl, I'm, excuse me, you're right. And girls. Um, um, I also am a firm believer in building up some strength training. I know this is, um, you know, some people don't do this, but as a, a woman in her 40s, um, it's been really important to me to build up uh, my glutes so that my, uh, the impact on my knees isn't hard on some of the uh, terrain and for some longevity and some endurance running and, um, and just take it easy. Enjoy it. That's all I have. You know, that's what it's all about is, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, your enjoyment with it and kind of finding that fulfillment, whatever that looks like for you. And I think that's kind of why, you know, everyone who makes that transition and, you know, sticks with it, you know, kind of still does it to this day. And I think that's, uh, that's really awesome. Andrew, what tips would you give? Um, I like, I like the, uh, Des Linden, uh, marathon, Boston marathon winner, American champion, Des Linden, uh, approach, she says, just keep showing up. Um, it, it may not make sense to you now, um, but if you keep showing up, um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen for you. You're going to figure it out. It's going to start making sense. It may not make sense in the way that you thought it was going to. It might make sense to begin with, um, but it's, it's uh, you know, running is a journey. Um, mm. The what you think is important when you're first starting out, you may find out, you know, it's not, it's not as important. Some things you'd never thought about, some things might end up being, you know, more important than you thought. Um, and, and it's the journey is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but you won't know what's going to happen unless you go out and do it. So just, 
if you're if you're just starting out, uh, you know, I love Couch to 5K apps. Um, start simple, start small, start with start with your fitness where you're at now. Um, that won't be where you are forever. It's just where you are now. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, bring, if, if this, if you're so inclined, um, get involved with, with a running group or just a friend, uh, you know, a coworker, um, you know, whoever it's just, uh, be like, Hey, you know what, let's, let's meet up. And I just want to walk a mile around this park, or I just want to, you know, I want to run two miles. Will you, you know, let's get together and do it. Uh, accountability with other people is huge for me. Um, if, if I didn't have, uh, if I didn't know other people were waiting for me at 6am on Friday morning, <laughs> the corner of straight street and ravine street for hill. Yeah. Friday in Clifton, I'm not going to get out of bed and show up by myself down there and do it every Friday. No way. But when I know that Paul's there and Nicole's there and Mary's there and Dan's there and, uh, you know, it's like, I, there's that group accountability. Um, and that, that's, that's valuable. It's, it's valuable for them. It's valuable, valuable for, valuable for you. The kind of sum of all of that is, is greater than, uh, you know, the individual parts. So. I love how you were like, don't like using Desmond's one. And you're like, you know, kind of don't really worry about much at the beginning, just, you know, just go out and just see what happens. You don't, you don't need to like stress about heart rate or stress about like what gear you have and stress about all these things. Just, no, you'll figure just, it out. Just get out and enjoy. Yeah. Exactly. Love it. And then kind of going off that, you know, as you continue to progress along, you kind of can add in these new elements throughout the way. And I, I believe both of you have actually done this to your own training and with your running now. And then that's, you know, having a coach to kind of help you along the way. Um, talk about, you know, what that's been like, you know, if you still have a coach, what that uh, transition is like and kind of how that helps you uh, stay on track with life, with training and uh, kind of prepping for these races. And Andrew, if you want to go first on this one. Sure. Um, getting a coach uh, last, no, two years ago. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was during 2020 during the pandemic. Getting a coach is one of the best, worst decisions I've ever made as a runner. Uh, I, my mental, whatever, uh, propensity is to take things to extremes. And uh, I'm uh, like left to my own, um, left to my own, uh, whatever, um, I will do, I will always say more, more is better, do more. Like, how do you, how can you be a better runner than running 20 miles a week by running 30 miles a week? And I, and I can take that as, you know, as far as I want to go, but that's not um, the way all bodies work, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, and so um, getting, I, I started working with uh, Alex Gold, um, in, in the summer or fall of 2020 and, uh, to help me, uh, with training to write training plans for me to become a better runner. Um, and that structure has been, I think it's, it's helped me grow and become a better runner, but it's also challenged me personally, um, to, um, uh, kind of like listen to 
going to be forced to listen to an outside perspective. Um, even when he's saying things that I don't want to hear, <laughs> like, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Or man, why'd you do that? That was really like, yeah, that was, that was something you did for a short term um, game, but it was really stupid for, for long-term. Like, is that, is that what you want to be doing? Do you want to be getting a bunch of short, short term uh, feel good, like wins and be forfeiting all of the, you know, all of the other things you could be, you know, getting out of running. So, um, so that whole process has been equal parts uh, like rewarding and challenging just to go through that growth, I guess. Um, but yeah, working with Alex has been uh, awesome. He's a, he's a super cool dude. Um, not to say that he's the only coach in Cincinnati. There are lots of coaches and, um, I, I know a lot of people work with coaches that are, are remote, um, can work with one from anywhere. Our, our buddy, uh, Radu, um, who used to live in Cincinnati and moved to Denver. I know he coaches a few people. Uh, he coaches Mark Oligie. Um, and he, he's got a, a slightly different approach. He does more of the heart rate based training. Um, he does tests with glucose monitors to find like the, like the exact moment that your body's metabolic processes move from zone one to two to three to four. Uh, and it's really cool. He's the smartest runner I've ever met in my life. Um, he knows his stuff. And, uh, so, you know, there are different styles of coaching and training available to anyone, um, that's interested. Andrew, do you remember like a year ago and we were like, these coaches are ruining our lives. Yes. A year ago? Okay. You mean like a week ago? Alex, you're great. Happy yeah. Happy honeymoon. Happy honeymoon. Happy honeymoon. You're, you're doing great. Things are great. I'm following There's all the plans. A... I promise. Yeah, Paul like... said all caps. You have to listen to your coach. Call it off. <laughs> Shadow Strava, cough, cough. No, Shadow Strava. <laughs> Shadow what? <laughs> do I you think never. we should do this 100-mile bike ride and put it on Shadow Strava? <laughs> yes. I'm also supposed to ask about a taper-thon. Ooh. Yeah, if you're going to run a marathon, tell your coach before he sees it on Strava. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what, was the, what was the text? Can you read us the text that... <laughs> when he saw it uh no it's not safe for these airwaves <laughs> oh you guys scolded okay good i needed nice. to be scolded uh oh i love that um i think we're getting pretty close to wrapping up here aren't we yeah i think that's uh time for our quick questions uh that we normally end the show with and so let's start things off with the first one, I'm going to make it night owl specific because you guys were talking about, you know, the great food that they have at that aid stations and kind of throughout the day. But, you know, what's one thing you can't leave an aid station without, especially at the night owl tra trail marathon? Melissa Mueller's cupcakes. At the they aid were, stations. They were like, well, this, well. Okay. Oh, at the aid station. Oh, good. No, no, no. If it was post race, that, that works for me. But well, I was, was just like, <laughs> you're like, oh, where were they? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Because I need to add cupcakes into my training routine. That's all I'm saying. If there's an ad and aid station, I'm, I'm going to be in trouble when I come up to my next one. What What did you get, Andrew? Uh, I was a – this is bad. I brought my own – brought my gels. But I will say that David Corfin mixes the perfect blend of Tailwind. It is the exact correct ratio of water to powder mix. So David Corfman, Stone Steps, RD – Thank you for your tailwind service. Sounds <laughs> this little watered down. You never know what you're going to get at different aid stations <laughs> with the mixes. Not in David's house. It's good to know. I'll keep that in mind for when I'm looking at races. Um, next question we have here is um, weirdest hallucination you've had mid-race or if you don't have one of those, strangest thing you've seen somebody eat at an aid station. And Andrew, do you want to start with this one? Sure. Uh, so the only time really that I've ever hallucinated in a race, Wesley was actually with me. Uh, he was uh, pacing me at the, at the end of a run in Colorado. And uh, it, the Leadville like, 100. Yeah, the Leadville. Running, <laughs> had been running for. Thank you for calling him on that. Thank you. My goodness, Andrew. <laughs> I had been running for, I don't know, like 25 hours. And uh, it was it was just before sunrise. So it was like the, the last hour before sunrise. And we were running through uh, running this like uh, dirt and root trail around the lake called Turquoise Lake. And I swear all of the roots were snakes. The roots on the ground were snakes. I knew they weren't snakes. They couldn't have been snakes, but they all looked like snakes and they were moving. And Wes is, Wes is uh, like um, Bill Nye, the science guy over here. He's like, snakes don't live above uh, 7,000 feet elevation. Like, there can't be snakes here. You know, and I, I could say that to my brain, but that's what I was seeing. I was, you know, my eyes were telling me that they were like snakes moving. So that's my hallucination. And I might have just been fluffing it, you know, in the in the moment as as a good pacer would. I I do know that there is a rattlesnake threshold that you know they they don't they don't go above. But I I couldn't tell you what it was. You're definitely safe, so no problem there. Mo, what about you? I I've I've done one one hundred. It's a stray dog one ten. It was an um um, it was an adventure run, not race. And I, I don't have a hallucination, but parts of the night were very <laughs> foggy. Like there was dogs barking behind us down the trail. And I thought they were like right behind me. And I was like, don't look back. Don't look back. Let's just keep going. Run, run. They're right there. They're right there. They're, I, I don't know where they were. Um, and then another part where <laughs> there was a, a Ryan Herb he was texting me it was about mile 85 and I at this point I'm just kind of gone and uh he said "Uh, meet you at the powder factory or something like that and I was like that's not on our route (laughs) and we were convinced it wasn't on our route and like 10 minutes later here he comes he's like I told you the powder factory was on the route and I actually don't didn't remember even seeing him there like the next day, I forgot we met him there or saw him or period. That whole part of the night. <laughs> Gone. 
strange things happen in long runs. Phantom pacers in the middle of the night. Were they, were they ever I, there? We don't I know. didn't remember he was there, but I do know he was there. Um, so the next one is, is one of my favorites as well, and I'm going to add a little bit to it. Um, but what ball sport do you think you can beat most ultra runners in, particularly Wesley? And we'll let Mo go first. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, maybe tennis? Tennis? That'd be, uh, that'd be a good match. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever played tennis? Yeah, I, I played growing up a little bit with friends too. So yeah, and I had a ping pong table in, in my basement. So I'm, I'm all about the paddle sports. I recently got into pickleball. Oh, pickleball is awesome. So that's another really good one if no one's played. Um, yeah, I think you definitely give me a run for my money with tennis because I haven't played in probably five years. So, when you come for Hill Friday, we'll set up some kind of pickleball net. Awesome, Andrew. Uh, so I was talking talking about this with uh, Migel Newhall this morning on the run. We were going over these questions because I needed help, and uh, it, it, we decided that uh, in, in order for us to beat you at a ball-related sport, we would have to invent the sport, and we would have to be the only ones who knew the rules. Uh, and that way, you wouldn't be able to beat us because you didn't know how. <laughs> it's the only way that we could beat you at a ball-related sport. I could see him still somehow winning in this situation, <laughs> <laughs> and you never, ever living it down. <laughs> Seems possible. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> if I had to pick one, it would it would also be tennis. Yeah. So, um, my uh, my brother's actually like a crazy good tennis player, and so like whenever I play him, he crushes me. So I'm definitely <laughs> kind of used to getting um a little bit on on the tennis court. So uh, regeneration knows now. That's that's maybe the sport. <laughs> um, next question here we've got is uh, if ultra running had walk up songs like baseball. What would yours be? And Andrew, you're going first on this one, please. Uh, oh gosh, I didn't think I didn't answer this one. Uh, you work through these questions. The classic. <laughs> uh, Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett. Let's go. <laughs> that is an incredible addition to the Spotify playlist. I cannot wait to be jamming out to some Margaritaville mid long run. <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> All right, I got nothing else. <laughs> Man. Perfect. Mo, how about you? Mine would have to be like, pump up the jam, pump it up, pump up the jam. <laughs> Some classic jock jams going over here. Yeah. I love it. Um, those are great. So uh, let's see here. We got the next one coming up is if you could run with one person in the history of the world, even if they – aren't a runner and assuming they would be able to keep your pace, uh, who would it be and maybe where you would, where you would do that? And uh, Mo, if you want to go first. That one was really hard. Um, I think I'm going to go with Michael Jordan. I just grew up like just totally fascinated by him. I grew up watching him and um, I think it would just be so fun. That'd be a competitive run too, you know. I know. It would be like one stride, step you the whole time. <laughs> his stride versus mine would be just ridiculous. Probably be like one of those cartoon ones where you see like someone <laughs> running real fast next to you. Yeah. Andrew, how about you? What would what would yours be? 
real quick, I have um, a correction to make for my walk-up song. I'm being told in the chat I have to say the song Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. Uh, so I officially changed my song to Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. <clears throat> Thanks, Max. Noted. Uh, <laughs> both, both of these are going to go on that list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's on the list, it stays. Uh, so this is wrong with anybody. Oh, this is so. This is a you know cliche runner answer, but hundred percent Eliud Kipchoge. Like that dude is my dude. Like I like what he puts down. He does like ninety five percent of his runs as a group runs with his community of runners like at a chill, easy pace around town. He lives a simple lifestyle. Um, his running has like uh, an important um, like humanitarian message behind it. Um, he thinks that we can be better people um, in, in the world and in our lives through running. Um, and I just think he's one of the, one of the coolest dudes ever. I mean, I know he's, you know, the world's greatest marathon runner ever, you know, but uh I think he's super cool. And uh, one of my favorite things about him is um, one of my fa the favorite things that I've ever heard him say was, um, so he was the first guy to break the two hour running a marathon in under two hours. Um, but he, and he did that in 2019, but he tried to do it first um, in 2016 or 2017 and he failed. He, uh, he didn't hit the goal. Um, by a painful, pain, a painfully close amount. I think he ran in two hours and uh, 25 seconds or maybe 30 seconds. So it was just like a second per mile off of achieving this goal. And they were interviewing him after the event. They said, Eliud, uh, what, what are you going to change about your training going forward so that you can achieve this goal? Because even after um, not achieving it at that time, he, he knew he wanted to do it. He said, I'm not going to change my training. I'm going to change my mind. And that always stuck with me um, about how all, all of this stuff that we do, it's so um, kind of up here in our brains and in our communities. And um, I just thought that was a really powerful thing he said. So, Yeah, I would agree with like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like the mind is really kind of where it's at in the long run for in the long run, I guess. But, um, <laughs> you know, that that mentality of what you bring and, you know, he's very disciplined and he always talks about he always like like you're talking about earlier with Des, like he shows up. So mm -hmm. every single day and does what he needs to do to try to achieve his goals. Mm -hmm. So I love that answer. I love both answers. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan would be fun, too, because, <laughs> uh, you know gonna ask him about the bugs bunny um and basketball and stuff but he's someone who i don't think i beat a basketball for the record <laughs> just so original <laughs> so nation knows there's not any confusion out here if uh, <laughs> mr jordan ever comes on the uh returns lot you know i will make sure that he knows that he can he can beat me in basketball but uh you know i think we're about to wrap up tonight's show before we get out of here uh do you guys have any sponsors or social media you'd like to plug um, if you're in the Cincy area and you're interested, follow Rogling Runners on Instagram, Facebook, or now TikTok. They have a TikTok now. If you're interested in joining and sharing some miles with the club, 
Also, registration for the River City Hustle is still open. It's limited to 20 spots, 20 runners. Uh, but if you're interested in running the River City Hustle on April 1st, um, uh, send a message to one of the Roebling Runner accounts on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, and they'll get you, get you set up with that. And also, uh, Empower Ultras has some upcoming races this year. Uh, their next race is the uh, Vernal Equinox, um, which I think is also April 1st and 2nd. It's a six hour, you know, sorry, it's an eight hour, 12 hour, 24 hour and 48 hour run New this year let's in Batavia. Go. Yeah. For, this is the first year for the 48 hour <laughs> Chad Coombs. Let's go. Um, Buck and Rogers. And Buck. Yes. Production uh, it's going to be, it's uh, gonna Nicole be so Weiss. exciting. Nicole oh, yeah. Weiss. Yeah. She's going to go out there and probably crush it. It's going to be so epic. Um, I'm so, volunteering. Yeah. Come on down. Be be in Batavia, Ohio on April 1st and 2nd for Fernal Equinox. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Did you miss anything? <laughs> Did I? I don't know. <laughs> Do you have anything that Emma, social media plugs or sponsors? No. If Canada Dry is ever willing, <laughs> I'm all yours. <laughs> We'll have to reach out to them and see what we can we can help with. Um, uh, let's see here. I think it's everything for the evening, right, Wesley? Yeah, this is the go for it. I was gonna say it's been a great show. Uh, it's been it's been great to sit down and, and hear both of your different stories and and you know how you came into running and you know both of those being different but also very similar. So I, I love I love that. Um, everyone in the chat, thanks for coming into the chat tonight. Thanks uh, for all the questions and comments. We didn't get to every one single question that was in there. If we did that, we probably would have been here for another hour. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, other than that, I think that's everything. And we will see everybody again next week on the next podcast. Um, and we're looking forward to it. So it's been a great start to 2022 already. So we're looking for forward to us. it. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Ridge Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava Club so you can get mentioned in the Strava Rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, Rosanna Nation.